Praise the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 17. John 17, beginning at verse 11. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. We live in this world. We do life in this world. We buy and we sell and we trade in this world. We build in this world. We work in this world. We eat and drink in this world. We find recreation in this world. We travel in this world. We have relationships in this world. We raise children in this world. Verses 13 to 16, but now I come to you in these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 16 in the Amplified Bible, they are not of the world, worldly, belonging to the world, just as I am not of the world. And the message paraphrase reads, the godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join in the world's ways, just as I didn't join in the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you have given me a mission in the world, I have given them a mission in the world. Why doesn't he just take us from the world the moment we get saved? i tell you why. One reason. In the same way that the Father gave Jesus a mission in the world, 
Jesus has given us a mission in the world. To live in this world the way the Bible says we should live. That's the mission. To do life the way the Bible says we should do life. To buy and sell and trade as a believer would. To build what a believer should and how a believer should. To eat and drink like a believer. To find recreation fitting for the believer. To travel to the places a believer should travel. To have relationships fitting for believers. To raise children the way believers raise children. And we could go on. So I want to ask tonight, how's the mission going? Just as the Father gave me a mission, Jesus is saying, so too I'm giving you a mission. I have given you a mission. Jesus wants us in the world. He said so. However, he made it very clear that we are not to be of the world. Listen to 1 John chapter, chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Is not the Father. It's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We can't do away with these words. Or the words found in John 15 Verses 18 to 20, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Can I say today that the greatest miracle is happening right now as we, as followers of Jesus Christ, live in this world? Leonard Ravenhill said these words, The greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world and make him holy and then put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. That's his heart and that's his desire. That's the mission. In the world but not of the world. So Jesus wants us to remain in the world and to not be of the world so what must we do, and what must we remember? A few points this evening. Remember that the one who is in you is greater. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So does that mean we... We take it easy and just say, well, it's all on him, right? Wrong. 
We are in this together with the Lord. We are walking with the Lord. The one who is in us is greater, but we must allow him unhindered authority while we remain in this world. I wonder how many believers have actually given him unhindered authority. How many people have actually given him unhindered authority? If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Lord of all, that is Lord of our living. Lord of our doing. Yes, even Lord of our buying and selling and trading. That means that he's Lord of our building and Lord of our working. He's Lord of our eating and drinking. He's Lord of our recreation. He's Lord of our travel. He's Lord of our relationships. He's Lord of our parenting and so on. You see, the reality is the one in us is greater, but we have to crucify the flesh and self, and we have to get on with the doing. In the world, not of the world. The one who is in us is greater. And therefore we have the power to live in this world. And yet remain not of this world. You know, his plan is not that we be overrun by the world, but that we overcome the world. Because he has overcome the world. The one in us is counting on us. Do you know that Jesus Christ is counting on us? The Savior is counting on us. He's counting on you. He is ready and all-powerful to help us remain in and not of this world, yet He is counting on us because free will remains that every life be tried perfectly. He's counting on us, yet we all have free will. Unless we've crucified our free will. cried out that his will become ours. He is counting on us to not conform. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Or we read 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as an evildoer, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. The truth tonight is that the only conforming that is fitting for the believer is conforming to Christ. As we conform to Christ, the one in us, his greater than nature is released in our living. The overcoming power of Christ is released in our living. In this world, but not of this world. 
But if I start conforming to the world, I am opposing the one living in me. And this slippery slope will block the power of the one that is greater. And soon, I'm no match for he who is in the world. Wouldn't it be easier if he just made it so that we had no choice to conform? Sure. But that's not how he wants it. Because he wants us to choose freely to conform to him. He wants us to choose to love him and to choose to honor him and to respect him. He's counting on us in this time in history to not conform. He is counting on us to choose friendship with him over friendship with the world. James 4.4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Passion Translation Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Listen to the Amplified Bible. You are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. I want to ask tonight, what is more important to us, friendship with God or friendship with the world? What is more important to you tonight? Friendship with God or friendship with the world? We read very strong words. Strong words are used here in James 4.4, adulterers and adulteresses. Flirting with the world's values, unfaithful wives, having illicit love affairs with the world, and breaking your marriage vow to God. Well, at least we know how he really feels when we choose friendship with the world over friendship with him. Let's not be ashamed. Romans 1.16 For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's not be ashamed. The voice Bible reads, For I am not the least bit embarrassed about the gospel. The Passion Translation, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. Let's not be ashamed. Let's not be ashamed, and let's stop apologizing. John G. Lake said these words, In those early centuries of Christianity, Christianity did not go into the world apologizing. It went to slay the powers of darkness and undo the works of the devil, and it lived in holy triumph. I want to ask tonight, why are we apologizing for proper living? Why are we apologizing for good morals? Why are we apologizing for holy sexual persuasion? Why are we apologizing for right ethics and wholesome entertainments and pure speech 
and righteous passions and glorious commitments? Why are we apologizing? It's time to stop apologizing. I thought about this quote, and I can't imagine how it makes the Lord feel when we are running around in this world apologizing for church attendance. Running around in this world apologizing for tithing. Apologizing for time given to the house of the Lord. Apologizing for not watching what the world watches and not listening to what the world listens to. And not going where the world goes and not talking like the world talks and not thinking like the world thinks. I wonder how it makes the Lord feel when we're apologizing for our standards and our convictions, our dedications, our determinations. When we're apologizing for our reckless love for the Lord, apologizing for our faithfulness and apologizing for our devotion. Let's not be ashamed and let's stop apologizing. Jesus never once said, go into the world and apologize. Apologize that you love me. Apologize that you don't sleep around. Apologize that you don't come to the party. Apologize because you vote a certain way. Apologize because you don't spare the rod in your home. Apologize. 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 Why are we apologizing for that which is right? I'm a parent. It's yet to happen that a child comes and says, Dad, I apologize for doing the right thing. They don't apologize when they clean their room. They don't apologize when they listen. Why are we apologizing? Simple, simple illustration, but why are we apologizing for doing the right thing? Let's not be ashamed. Let's not be the least bit embarrassed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Apologizing is not the power of God unto salvation. You know what Jesus did say? Mark 16, 15 and 16, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I don't know about you tonight, but I have never sat in a classroom where the teacher apologized over and over for what they were sent in there to teach. And can I say here, parents, never apologize to your children for dedication to the house of the Lord, for the choice of holy entertainments in your house, for boundaries and borders that are biblical and right. Never apologize. Son says to you, daughter says, why do we have to go to church so much? Don't apologize. 
Well, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, daughter. It's the way it is for us. No, we honor the Lord. This is what's right. Train a child up in the way they shall go. How's the mission? Don't apologize. The truth is, if there are Christians that are on their way to becoming of the world, we have no need to apologize to them and hope that they will return. This is foolishness. The reality is, they are the ones that need to apologize to the Lord. You know what Jesus said? Luke 14, 23, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Acts 1, 7 and 8, and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I wonder if that power is at work in our homes. We can have the worship team return tonight. John 17, verses 13 to 16, in the voice, Now I am returning to you. I am speaking this prayer here in the created cosmos alongside friends and foes, so that in hearing, in hearing it, they might be consumed with joy. I have given them your word, and the world has despised them because they are not products of the world. In the same way that I am not a product of the corrupt world order, do not take them out of this world. Protect them from the evil one. Like me, they are not products of the corrupt world order. Back to the New King James Version. But now I come to you in these things. I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. How many want his joy fulfilled in you? He's sending us on a mission. trusting that we will not conform. Free will exists, but he's trusting that we will choose friendship with him over friendship with the world. The text reads, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. You know, he is counting on us to do one more thing. Read the word. He is counting on you to read the Word. He's counting on you to read the Word in your home, to read the Word to your children. He's counting on us to read the Word. Why? Because the Word changes us, and the Word sanctifies us, and the Word protects us, and the Word delivers us. Because there is a guidebook for our mission in this world, 
and the guidebook produces sanctified living. Thank you, Jesus, for your living word. You know what else the word does? It causes faith to rise. Belief to rise up in the truths of God, in the promises of God, what God has said. God is not a man that he should lie. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge. He will direct your path. We just need to get that in. We need to get that in. We need to get that in to our kids, in our homes. We need to take in the Word because Word produces faith. You say, how so? Listen to Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you know what we need to do? We need to read it. We need to read it to ourselves. We need to preach it to ourselves. And we need to not miss church where the Word of God is heard. I've recently been reading this book. Names are not important. This preacher, thousands and thousands would come to hear him one of the pioneers of the faith. They would come wanting healing. He did something very radical, something that most preachers would never do today. He set a rule that when they came to hear him, they had to come listen to him preach three times before he would pray for them. Some were upset, didn't understand why. And he answered and he said, because I'm trying to build your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what did they have to do? They had to take a little card and they had to attend the first service. And they had to write down the message title and what the message was about. Then they had to attend the next time he preached and write it down. And then he had to attend the next time he preached and write it down. And then they could come up and he would call out, I'm going to pray tonight for numbers 215 to 2 whatever, because there were thousands there. And he would spend sometimes up to an hour with one or two people until the deliverance came. But what he was trying to do is produce faith, because I think a lot of times we don't have faith because we're not reading the Word. We haven't let it take hold of us and become a part of us. We say we believe these things, but it's not knowing truth to us. It hasn't become a burning fire inside of us. It's not boiling over inside of us. And so when we come, it's not really faith. We just want an answer. We just want freedom. We want something. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, does it mean that he couldn't have prayed for people the first time they came and they get healed? Listen, let's not argue about that. Let's just understand that Jesus said, I have given them your word. I have given them truth. He's saying they are going to remain in this world. And he's clear. He's talking to the Father. He's saying, I've given them your word. I have given them the truth. Sanctify them by your word. Produce what you desire by your word. Let their living flow as they take in and drink in your word. Let that faith arise in us. The Knox Bible, our text. 
I am remaining in the world no longer, but they remain in the world. While I am on my way to thee, Holy Father, keep them true to thy name, thy gift to me, that they may be one as we are one. As long as I was with them, it was for me to keep them true to thy name, thy gift to me. And I have watched over them so that only one has been lost, whom he whom perdition claims for its own in fulfillment of the Scripture. But now I am coming to thee, and while I am still in the world, I am telling them this. I'm telling them this. So that my joy may be theirs and reach its full measure in them. I have given them my message. I have given them thy message. And the world has nothing but hatred for them. Because they do not belong to the world as I too do not belong to the world. I am not asking that you should take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them clear of what is evil. They do not belong to the world as I too do not belong to the world. Keep them holy then through the truth. It is thy word that is truth. Thou hast sent me into the world on thy errand, and I have sent them into the world on my errand. Listen, we have to know who and what we belong to. Keep them true to thy name. Jesus calls it the Father's gift to him. Wow. A living sacrifice. A living gift to Jesus. Make his joy be ours. And may his joy be ours and reach its full measure in us. in the world, but not of the world. We're going to stand tonight. Thank you for listening to the Word. I'm just going to lift this up. If you feel like you need to slip out of your seat tonight, the altar's always open. If some things need to change tonight, don't leave this place without setting things right with the Lord. Let the embarrassment fall away. Let the shame fall away. Do not conform. Maybe you need to take a stand tonight and say, I'm no longer going to apologize. Maybe you need to take a stand tonight once and for all and say, I'm done. We're choosing friendship with the world over friendship with God. Enough is enough. We draw the line in the sand tonight. Whatever it is, open your heart to the Holy Spirit already at work in this place. Lord, have your way in us. We want to be in the world as you were in the world, Lord. In the world, but not of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We sing hallelujah. We sing
You've overcome the world, Lord. 